back corner <laughs> when I'm not presenting. Listening in. And listen in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bash University Live here on Tuesday night. Take a quick break. Watch John Cruz's on the Tokyo rig. Be a part of the show. Get some chances to win some awesome prizes. Bash, you go. You know, we didn't have that back then. And dude, it, it can just... That text thread gives me so much energy. I mean, like I'm dialing. Welcome to Bash University Live, guys. It's Cyber Week here at Bash U. It's an amazing time. I hope you guys had a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. I know I did at my house. I got to spend uh, a wonderful Thanksgiving with my mom who turned 82. Happy birthday, mom. She wanted to celebrate by cooking, uh, by hosting and uh, cooking the bird and stuffing and all the fixings. And I got to enjoy Enjoy that we've uh, we've had her at my house for a long time, and uh, she wanted to do it this year, and, and we had a uh, we had a ball with her and my father, and uh, Shelly and Jake. So I hope you guys had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We're very very thankful uh, for all of our subscribers and all of our family at Bash University. It's been a wonderful year, and we're really excited about 2023. We're going to be back in the class. We're thankful about that. We're thankful we're going to be able to be back talking to everybody face to face shaking hands taking pictures having fun talking fishing in the winter time like we love to do and we have classes that are available to sign up right now in uh in anderson south carolina as well as gadsden alabama texas and texas texas is it up it's yeah. up and running yay our texas class is available and it's right outside dallas what's the name of that town? athens athens texas we love Texas, guys. Uh, we, we love coming to tech, fishing in Texas, and we haven't been to Texas with a Bass University event for a few years. So we're really excited to come back to the Dallas area. I think some of us might be staying on to do a little fishing. It's the perfect time of year to get a share lunker in Texas. We're going to be there at the end of January. So get yourself signed up to the uh, for the classes. Uh, it's going to be a blast. Really thankful for that. I want to make a big announcement. We're really excited uh, with a new for a new relationship at Bass University is Epoch batteries, lithium batteries. They are uh, amazing technology that uh, really is exceptional. We're excited to have them here at Bass U. And guess what? We're passing that excitement on to one of our subscribers. We're giving away a thousand dollar value. That's a twelve volt lithium battery with a charger we're giving it away to one of our lucky subscribers today so if you haven't signed up get yourself subscribed to get into that contest and we've made it super easy for people that are not subscribers we've got an amazing deal a cyber uh deal for you cyber monday we're rolling it into cyber week we're keeping it alive while supplies last but the folks at tackle direct have made it so easy to become a member of bash university they're giving you a hundred dollar gift card uh, for every annual subscriber at Bash uh, for Bash University TV, get it for yourself. You've been—I know a lot of guys are, have been watching it. You've been watching our 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 short videos, 
and you haven't signed up, you say, I'm going to sign up one day. This is the time to do it. If you have a, a family member, a friend, a club member, this is an amazing gift. And, uh, and it comes with a, with a great gift card. You can get yourself a rod, a nice cash and rod. You can get yourself a reel. Uh, any of the high-end tackle, all the great stuff that's available at Tackle Direct. We can't we make it so easy for the new people. But guess what? The people that are part of Bash University, we have amazing deals for you, uh, buying opportunities with Rapala and Storm and VMC and so many other brands, Missile Baits and, and many, many others. And we're giving away to one of you guys. We're going to be giving away a lithium battery, an Epoch battery, $1,000 value. Giving, giving that away today. So pay attention. We're going to be asking you a question, and that that answer to that question is going to is going to have a thousand dollar prize tied to it. So make sure you pay attention to today's show. Really fun show today. I'm excited. A friend of the show, uh, man. I've been around Ronnie Moore for a long time. Really since he since he was in the college ranks, and now he's he's becoming a, a force of his own on Bassmaster Live. A uh, great addition to the show. He does an amazing job. He's a real statistician. We're excited to have him with us today because we're going to be talking about lures. That's one of the things we love, right? Uh, as as bass fishermen, Riz, that's all we. That's what we talk about. We talk about lures and techniques all day long. Literally all day long. Any, <laughs> Literally any, all day any long. Any free moment, whether it's you know whether it's a hour drive into work, yep. somebody's get somebody's on the other other end of the phone, you know, and we're we're talking about something, you know. The whole time we're out on the boat, we're talking about, you know, what, how can we catch them better? You know, and so to talk to Ronnie, colors, yeah, yeah, everything. Sizes, yeah. the new glide bait that's out. Magnum whatever. spoons that yes. I can't believe we're anything would ever bite, that. but they do. And, yep. you know, it's, uh, they come in all shapes and sizes, <laughs> Pete, these baits they do. So uh, it'll be pretty, be pretty cool to talk to Ronnie. I mean, he stays like really dialed on on what's going on and it's it's pretty cool that we're going to have our buddy justin in to to talk as well not only about you know his decision to you know take the leap into the opens next year but you know get his take on the baits that won in 2022 as well because you know he's another guy that stays extremely yeah. extremely dialed on what's going on so it's it's gonna be fun, it's gonna be fun. He's, a, he's a fish head that's right literally the Figured professional fish head. yes <laughs> yes and so we're we're gonna have the a fish head talking to a bunch of fish heads uh about what's happening in the world of tackle about all the all the tools that the winners won with this year so we're getting we're cutting right to the chase man we're we're going right to the guys that got it done and and talking about those baits and don't what, forget to like hot. and share too Right. Don't forget the. What are they going to win? They, they get like some Waterwood custom baits and a Bash University hat. Awesome! Nice. Right, wherever you're watching, like like the feed, share it. Uh, Waterwood, amazing uh, bait that's that that is designed from a Marupa wood from yep. South America, Brazil, and it's a really amazing uh, hardwood that's got a lot of weight, great castability, and a fish catching machine. Amazing colors. We're so excited to be working with Waterwood this year. And uh, I want you guys to go check that out. Crankbaits, Topwaters, the whole line is amazing. You can see um, you can see Riz catching a one somewhere. Yeah. On our feed. Yeah. Uh, we've got some great content uh, with those in action. That's right. And uh, guys, don't forget, check out our friends over there at BassBoatForSale.com. If you're looking to buy or sell a boat, right now is literally the buying and selling time of year. We 
you can't look on Instagram feed or Facebook feed right now and not see right. another boat for sale. Another another person getting their new boat for this year, getting rigged up, ready to go for 2023. It's the time of the year, so head over to BassBoatForSale.com. It's the number one place to buy or sell. The boats are all highly vetted on the sales side, so it's going to be a tournament-ready boat for you to jump into and start fishing some derbies, man. Um, and I can't believe it. Are we really giving away $1,000 worth of batteries and chargers on this show? It's happening. Wow. It, it's it's really happening. Uh, the technology is phenomenal. It really uh, is. It's really uh, – they they're – able to perform in sub-zero temperatures extremely well uh the your the app the epoch app is going to tell you the status of your battery at That's any cool. time um yep. and it's got an 11-year warranty the best in the business so if you've been thinking about diving into the lithium world everybody is like uh from across the board every everybody that we work with all the all the pros that are competing out there at the top level are all using this technology because it delivers man it one of the main reasons is for your sonar operation because it delivers a hundred percent power right out of the gate and it's hard and you got to keep when you when you've got forward facing sonar yep. 360 and you've got all the mapping you got all this amazing technology going you need power uh to be able to supply you know a great power supply to keep these things running at their peak at their maximum benefit so it keeps you well above the 12 volt uh across the board and 100 power right out of the gate that's why it's so awesome the other the other they last so long they charge fast there's so many amazing Half assets the weight. Half, the weight is uh obvious is one of the obvious things right it's going to cut it down uh man over half of the weight that you're gonna that you're gonna cut out of your boat by uh, by using lithium batteries and and we we really appreciate the folks at Epoch and we're giving away a 12 volt battery with a charge a thousand dollar value uh, to one of our subscribers at Bashu TV so get yourself signed up we're gonna take a quick break go get subscribed get your tackle direct gift card if you haven't done that yet subscribers pay attention get your thinking cap on one of you guys is gonna win one of these really awesome Epoch lithium batteries, $1,000 prize. We'll be right back after this. What's going on? It's Riz here from the Bash University, and I am excited to welcome in Waterwood Custom Baits to the Bashu family. These are custom handmade baits in the South Rainforest of Brazil. They're made of Marupa Pedra wood. It's extremely dense, it's resistant, but it's also really buoyant. They're made of quality components, with a 100% guarantee, they're made for tournament anglers to get it done when the money is on the line. Guys, that was like my second cast with this bait. That's a Waterwood custom bait. These things are handmade in the rainforest south of Brazil. And I mean, as you can see right here, it's a fish catching bait. It's got the front hook. That means they wanted it. This bait's, uh, it, it's running really true. It throws really well. Guys, check them out at waterwoodcustombaits.com.
BassBoatForSale.com is the world's premier bass boat listings business. We focus on driving premium web traffic to our main website, business Facebook page, business Instagram, and our business YouTube channel, providing your bass boat listings the best buying traffic and top-notch exposure. Whether you need to sell your bass boat or are looking to buy a bass boat, it's simple. We give boats exposure so buyers shop and sellers list. One-time listing fee, no commission, and boats list until they sell. BassBoatForSale.com. Check it out. AquaView, the leader in underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for, catch more fish, have more fun. Aquaview, seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That are made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out there in a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I've found that can withstand my hook set. Boom, goes the dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together, the One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Welcome back to Bass U Live. You're just uh, tuning in. Amazing show. Ronnie Moore's coming on uh, from Bassmasters. We're talking about the winning baits of 2022 with Ronnie. We're, we also, it's it's Cyber Week, guys. Never a better time to get signed up to BassU.TV. If you're listening, this is the time. Sign up for yourself. Sign up for your buddy or friend or family member that loves to fish. It's going to help you become a better angler or them. And we... Um, we are giving away a $1,000 Epoch lithium battery uh, today. We're giving away to one of our subscribers. So another reason to get signed up. Um, we're really excited about that. Looking forward to working with the folks at Epoch. And I want to welcome into the show, guy we haven't had on to the show, longtime show member, cast member at Bassview Live, professional fish head, our own Justin Kimmel. Happy Thanksgiving, J.K., Happy Thanksgiving to you guys, fam. It's good to see you guys. Jocelyn, I miss you. Riz, miss you too, man. Well, we, we miss having you. you around. And, uh, you know, I did 
we talked a little bit earlier and I looked up some of your social posts. You had a wonderful week of vacation with the fam this week, getting a little fishing in. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was, it was nice to, uh, spend just a full week with Thanksgiving. I, I know my kids, I think every Thanksgiving I've been with them, they've been waiting on dad to put the computer up and, you know, do something around Thanksgiving. And, you know, we, we worked hard on a lot of Thanksgivings and, um, it was, it was nice to have just a full week. We had, we docked the boat, um, at Lake Kiwi and caught a lot of big spotted bass, man. It was a lot of fun. Spent a I lot think, of time. I think little man is, uh, out fishing you a little bit though. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's doing pretty good, uh, with, with that. It's, it's, it's a little one, two punch. Um, I'm proud of him though. He has, I think he's up to three fish uh this year that he has done all by himself cast to catch a lot oh, of wow. times you know we, we we make sure that hooks in there so he can have fun and it, i don't remember this pete from being young but reeling in like a three pound bass is a lot for a kid um, it really is it wears them out it's hilarious and fun <laughs> to watch but he like has to sit down and grab a drink and get a snack <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It, it, it's for the I'm I'm taking 13 year olds out. That's what Jake is, and I can't believe he's 13 already. But uh, but yeah, him and him and his boy do boys do the same thing. They catch them, they sit down, they take a break, check you know check their Instagram, <laughs> you know, was, sweat off their brow. I would have to pack like a ton of snacks after I caught a fish. I just sit there and eat. Go Where's the Gatorade? Yes. <laughs> yep. Got to cool down. Well, we're we're it's it's uh, so so fun to have you on the show because we've got big news for you. You're you're taking on the Bassmaster Opens this year. You're mm -hmm. going to take on all nine Opens, and uh, that's uh, that's that's an exciting decision. I know it was a hard one, and uh, excited for you. Thank you, Pete. Yeah, it, it was a really hard decision. Um, you know, the MPFL this year was was an amazing time. One of the funnest years of my life. Uh, traveling with uh, Trent Palmer and Patrick Walters, two good buddies of mine, and we had a blast. Uh, we all had pretty good seasons, and it just was so much fun and kind of gave me the confidence to kind of take this step. You know, we had to – me and Catherine talked through a lot of things. We actually even considered fishing both tours and doing what John Sukup did for a little bit and decided against that. I think that was probably the best decision for – the family, but at the end of the day, we're chasing the ultimate dream. You know, I'll never have any regrets going after fishing for the classic, you know, trying to get on the elite series. Um, it's where I, it's what I want to do. Um, so 2023, we're going to fire it up and we're going to tackle this. I know it's going to be a grueling season. You know, we fished seven week long events away from the house uh, this year with the all American added to my MPFL schedule. Um, so this year we'll do nine and um, man, I'm just looking forward to it. The schedule is amazing. I've got some bucket list lakes. I've never been to Toledo Bend, St. Lawrence river. Um, you know, can't wait to check some of that off and uh, you know, just take what we've learned traveling on the road and fishing from the front of the boat and see if we can do it. That's exciting, and we're gonna uh, we're bringing Ronnie Moore in, and you let me know when he's ready, Riz, because uh, we're gonna bring Ronnie in and talk about it. Because of course Ronnie's covering the opens, 
Um, and I'm, I'm, I, I have a lot of questions, you know, like what kind of coverage are we going to see at the opens this year? You know, how are the entries in the opens this year? What's, uh, you know, what, what's, what's it looking like? Is there any, any inside information that we can, uh, kind of, you know, get from Ronnie and, and talk about, you know, what, you know, what you're getting into here, man, that's, that's a lot of tournaments, man. That's that's nine tournaments. That's uh that's a really long and aggressive season. So it's uh it's gonna it's gonna be fun. So we'll we'll get Ronnie in here shortly. But it's uh I know that was it, it really really tough decision. You gotta you know it's a sponsorship thing. It's a financial decision. It's time away from the family. Uh, man, oh man, that nine tournaments is a lot. But I heard a lot of guys signed up for it. I, I did too, and I don't know if we want to wait and let Ronnie drop that ball, but uh, he did tell me how many people were going to be there, and I wasn't surprised um, as far as how many people were going to fish all nine. Um, it's going to be, you know, I fished a Bassmaster Open a couple years ago. I got a, kind of a taste. The competition is top notch. You're you're fishing, you're fishing against the best in the world. You, it's it's got to be one of the toughest trails, you know, of course have, you have some guys from the elite series and the Bass Pro Tour that, that make cameos there. Um, you got the best locals at those lakes jumping in those tournaments. And then you've got hundred plus guys duking it out for those nine elite series bids. Um, and, it's, and you have to contend with the Dean. Yeah. You got to contend with the Dean when you get, take that Northern <laughs> swing. <laughs> I was kind of hoping I we'd be a little more buddy 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 than that, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to try to fall in the water again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, we know what we know what goes viral, don't we? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited about this year, and and I opted uh, to just fish the Northern Division uh, for a variety of reasons, but uh, but I'm I'm just amazed at how aggressively the you know the fishing world is is getting after this with uh mm -hmm. everybody entering into these events and there's so many so many changes going on uh in in all the different tournament trails right now with uh, yeah. the mlf going to the big five which is you know is a is a crazy change that we didn't expect and uh and the nine opens is is new to us, but uh, there's there's a lot of dynamics in the fishing right now. I wonder um, I wonder what's what's with the NPFL or uh, you know how, what is the status of that? Do you know what's going to happen be happening with them this year? Um, I'm pretty confident they're going to be rocking and rolling. Uh, uh, for from all I can tell, they were financially fit this year, and you know they put on. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this: they put on one of the best events in person there as an angler that drive-through weigh-in is something that i hope a lot of other organizations catch on to you know if you can run it as efficiently as they do it's just that's it's fun. you literally they pull you right out of the water your fish don't go to a tank you know you're not standing in line out of the live well you're pumping your live wells all the way to the point they hit the stage and then they they go right back in and out um yeah and they and they run, I mean they run it efficiently. Like you pull you pull out and you're weighing in within two to three minutes from your fish getting checked to the weigh in. And and they've got a lot of great guys who who work hard. And um, I you know I expect them to, you know, be there. 
you know, be one of the tours. I know, I know I heard some tackle warehouse guys were, were going over there and signing up and, um, is that right? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Some big names too, man. Some guys that have won a couple million dollars on their resume, um, uh, are signing up. And so the, you know, the list that I saw, you know, a few weeks ago, there was name names, name names, brother. We're, we're in the, I don't think I I really don't know. I don't want to get in trouble because I, I, I don't, (laughs) No, if I'm if I had signed some, you know, uh, non-disclosure or something to 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 get, but you'll see it when they when they show up and you'll recognize those names I'm talking about for sure. Um, and then I expect a large contingent of guys to to come back who are who are with them, um, you know, and I, you know, and I'm sure there's guys in my position who who decided to jump at the uh, at the Bassmaster Opens and maybe the Invitationals, you know. For a lot of guys uh, like me, there just were a lot of guys like me who had three options, you know, and it was a tough decision. Is there and, a cutoff, uh, like, amount of boats that can enter into the open? I, the 225 uh, open, is yeah. the cutoff that they've been. So you uh, have to promoting. sign up, like, it's first come, first serve, I guess? It is. Oh. Yeah, and you got to sign I'm up. I'm interested to see what Ronnie says because I, I, I suspect it may be full. Sounds like across it. The board. I, I I would expect us fishing full opens every everywhere we go. Um, I, I would expect a very big field of who's fishing all nine, and then that's only going to leave so many spots for guys who want to fish one division. You know, and then do you have to fish a whole division, or can you just select tournaments? It 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 it's a great question. Great. We'll we'll see what if there's anything changed, but it's like first come first serve, as you said. If they're because what'll happen is a lot of times guys in in a long season like this, you'll see guys drop off at the end of the season that are having a crummy season, and um and there'll be you know opportunity to cherry pick you okay. know, to jump into one. And um, I didn't know if like you had to individually sign up for each one. In it, well, in in order to make the elites. Mm-hmm. You have to fish all nine. All nine. That's all nine. That's and, new. And, and nine people qualify. JK, when I was just talking, he was educating mm-hmm. me on that. But the the other big prize, uh, which is what, I, what, what I'm going after, is that classic berth. <laughs> and you want to win, and you get that invitation. Any win gets you in, but you have to fish all three opens in yeah. at least one division. So you can't if you just cherry pick a tournament, fish one here, one there. Dustin Connell did that one year. He cherry picked and won uh, mm-hmm. either on the Alabama River, I think, or Smith. I think it was Alabama River, and he didn't get to go to the classic. You know, um, greatest fish catch of the year goes to Dustin Connell. <laughs> did you see that no look? Did any any of you guys see see that one on yeah, Cayuga? I saw. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. That, I missed it. I didn't see it. Oh my gosh! I was I, I just was talking to him the other day about it. The um he 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 was all over. He had this thing won and and you know or at least well ahead that day and and he was questioning whether or not he was gonna back off and he kept talk trying to talk himself into backing off and uh, <laughs> he saw one he saw one down there that he had to throw at and uh, he threw at it. He got bit. And he looked away, Riz. He looked away and set the hook, and uh, and no look, no look hook set no fish look catch. Set. Greatest greatest <laughs> catch of the year. Gotta love it. 
That's a, that's a pretty prize, a Bass University prize. <laughs> we, need to, we need to be doing an award show, the Dean, the Dean's Awards. Uh, That'd you know? be so cool. Yeah. It's like the office, that's that sitcom, the office with the Dundees. We got the Dundees, the Dundees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've, we've done that before. We, of course, at ICAST, yeah. we always have our pick. Uh, yeah. But that's that's that was a that was a home run, uh, a great fish catch. A lot, lot of lot has been going on. Of course, they had a state record caught out of Cayuga this year. State record smallmouth caught out of Lake Erie. Um, just just amazing. A lot, lot, a lot of cool stuff going on. But we're talking about the Bassmaster Opens. We have an open contender here. Now we have the man behind the microphone at Bassmasters. Uh, here to talk to us about that and the winning lures this year, our buddy Ronnie Moore from Bassmasters. Yay! Whoa, 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 whoa! Sorry, I sorry, I didn't want to. I had to get that out of the way early, but uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Good to see Pete and Riz and the whole gang. Justin, what's going on, everybody? Hey, buddy, how are you? Uh, doing we're well. We're doing well. Sorry, I'm a couple I wanted minutes to ask you that. I, has the guilt gone away yet for sabotaging my boat for ratings? Man, I think that uh, honestly, you might have gotten more run for that than if you would have won the event. So I don't know if we did you a favor, you did us a favor, but I mean, it's still getting comments on YouTube. So I love it. <laughs> there's, there's still people that think Pete won that event. Oh, 100%. And they still think that Pete did that on purpose. They literally, I guess it's because you, you know, are buddies with Iconelli. They just expect you to do some crazy stuff. But they they thought that, uh, you know, you might have done that on purpose. And I was like, that was the most natural and graceful fall on, on oh, you can't second fake that. notices that's I could on, ever man. done. Yeah, no, that's real. <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny. <laughs> I want to know that how long great. has that cord been dry rotten? That's what I just wanted to know. How long have you had that cord? Uh, well, it, it, it was, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I suspect sabotage. <laughs> but that's all right. I'll that's beside it. the point. Of course, of course, I would have liked to have fallen in end one, but uh, I can promise you this. I will not correct anybody that thinks I won that tournament. I'll go <laughs> right along with that conversation. <laughs> That's but perfect. uh but we're talking we're talking about the opens right we've got uh that was you know the last open of my season and we got uh great coverage it was uh it was a lot of fun falling in the water on fox um <laughs> it, it, it's so weird ryan my my school bus driver from uh from when jake was in elementary school he's now in middle school he stopped me uh to to he had to get out of the bus and tell me what an amazing uh, appearance I had falling in the water on Fox. I mean, everybody watched that. That's funny. I thought you were going to say your school bus driver, but I didn't know they had buses back in your time. So I'm glad you clarified that it was your son's school bus driver. But no, it's, uh, man, the no, Opens, we, we, I, I'm, I'm really excited for, for what's to come for the Opens, especially with the new format and stuff. But being able to do them live, we've messed with it. We had boat to boat in 2020 with COVID even though, you know, everything kind of shrunk down budget wise, we still went for it and we did some live and then to have them in the boats the last few years uh, with no marshals on the far, no, no uh, co-anglers on the final day. I think that that brings the opens to the level that now our format says that it is. It is the qualifying series for the elite series. It is important. It is a commitment. And we've asked for extra commitment from the, the anglers by signing up for more opens to, to pursue this. We're, 
taking the commitment of the Elite Series pros and entrusting that we're not going to kick you out for maybe some guys who have only put their toes in the water for three events. They're going to be just as committed if they're going to take your spot. And then also we put the commitment on ourselves on coverage wise and being able to do uh, to be able to do more coverage, to be able to show these storylines and, and different things. Because if someone would have said Pete Glusick fell in the water on the final day at, at the Chesapeake Bay, I would have thought hit a stump. I would have thought, you know, <laughs> a big boat wake, you know, a, a big barge came through and he just didn't see it. But a cord breaking, you just can't see it unless you were there. <laughs> I'm glad you guys were there. Honestly, that was uh, that was amazing. And uh, the it's interesting you talk about a few things i want i want to dive in with you and you know i i'm i don't know if you well let's find out what you can talk about but do you have you <laughs> oh gosh set the coverage like or which like we we got coverage on the last of the open by the way i just got to say this i love it i love coverage of the opens to me it's like watching college football it's like it's it's amazing you're watching the you're watching the qualifiers who's going to make it to the next level it's it's extremely competitive and and I just I absolutely love it. So um, what do you, what are we covering this year? Are you still working on budget? Do you know? Are you going to cover as many as you can? What do you think? Well, I will say that, yeah, I love the opens and I love that they go into the fall even though it's tough and those final events of each division go into the fall and it's not the best fishing and it's not mm -hmm. the hundred pounds we see. I love seeing uh, JT Tompkins come from ninth to win the open. I love, and, and the guy who I, I didn't, I didn't like that, but well, I, I know, I know you didn't like that. Other than I, you that, know, I agree, <laughs> you know, and then Trist, Tristan McCormick at Hartwell being second and winning. And then uh, Keith mm. comes from, I think seventh and winning. So there's the volatility on the final day of opens, um, you know, especially with guys who probably have bigger leads. I, I, I like to, I like to see that because I like to see those adjustments, but you know, the plan is always to be bigger. There's not a single year, you know, I'm in the conference room at JM Outdoors where our, where our Bassmaster Live is. I was just down in the studio doing some saltwater TV stuff for a schedule reveal that we'll do, you know, later on this week that'll air. So we're doing a lot of stuff around here. And so one thing I've always admired when, when I got the call to come and work at JM Outdoors, just the production arm of Bassmaster, is the guys in the back, the leader of the of the whole team, Mike McKinnis, the guys in the back like Howard Downs, who make the whole Bassmaster Live even a thing. He's, you know, the innovator that created it. None of them ever settle. It's always what can we do more for next year? What can we do better for next year? And so that's always the goal. And so that's a long, long spiel to say that there is more coverage coming. Hopefully that's the goal and that's what we've projected to do and and you know, it's one of those things. If the funding is there for sure, we do it. If the funding's not there or the support's not there, we still may do it. It's one of those things where we feel like it's the right thing to do that we may boost it up. I don't know if that means we do multiple days of the same number of events or we do more events with the same final day. We got a lot of co-anglers to balance as well. I don't know if you can take 10 anglers on a full field day and just disperse them away from the top guys. That really gives an advantage to the leaders, you know, on a on two days. They don't have to fish with a co-angler on day two. That would be difficult. Um, so there's a lot that goes into it. But I do know that I have uh, I've already prefaced Sarah and I told her, I said, just so you know, I'm still going to be married to you next year. We just <laughs> might not have as many weekends. So there might be more weeks tied up as fishing, which is fine to a certain extent. But no, the, the crew here is always trying to work and make it more whether it's the payouts, whether it's 
coverage, whether it's the what format is going to be best so that we can be consistent. I know that those discussions happen all the time. And, and uh, the number of texts that I got from people asking those questions and almost not backing me in a corner, but they want those hard answers before they make this big commitment. And I'm like, at the end of the day, you have to make that commitment, whether it's like the 2010 opens and there's no live coverage and it's this format or that, you have to make the commitment in your heart and be okay if it's better than you expect, the same as you expect, or, you know, your dreams are a little far-fetched. So it's hard to say that to guys, but at the end of the day, I don't know how many people want to fish the Opens just for coverage. So they want to do it because they want to make the elites, and if that's your heart of us, then that's the decision you need to do. And so uh, based on the number of signups we've gotten, I think that's in a lot of people's heart of hearts, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good 2023. Well, let's let's you you talked about it right there. Signups. Uh, I've heard uh, the number 175 all nine. Uh, is that true? Uh, what, it's crazy. What, can you say the number or what's going on with signups? I don't know. I can say the number, but I didn't say it. You said it, so I, I'm, I'm gonna just confirm and deny that you know you're pretty dang spot on with that number. And so to see. First off, this is not a, a victory lap. We haven't done anything. This is just signups, and this is based on anglers doing it. But I always love when we make a, a change, and it's probably my worst flaw is checking out Facebook posts and all the comments that people say about how bass is terrible, all the decisions they make for the tournament trails are terrible, this is never going to work, blah, blah, blah. And then we have signups come around, and it's like quietly – the most signups we've ever had. And we had double people, double the people signed up. You know, we had, we had a full field plus a full field list last year. And we make all the changes and people are like, it's not going to happen well this year for you guys. And we have, like you said, you know, almost 200 people commit to all nine of them. So it's very cool. And man, I love the schedule. I'm excited for what Hank Weldon's going to do for the schedule going forward. Uh, the different changes we have with planning those, but the nine events we have there are diverse. We got some old school places. We got places we've never been, and we got some mainstays in different months of the year than we normally have them. So, I'm excited for what the opens will bring storyline wise. But yeah, the signups were were fantastic, and and you know there's even void around of do we do we expand the field by you know a dozen or twenty more boats just to just to try to get as many people that want to be there in you know. Well, um, I hate to admit this, but I was one of those guys in the negative on the social media posts. And I understand it. I understand it. I, I understand it. You know, I, I wouldn't be able to commit to all nine probably if I was in someone's situation, but I'm also not someone who's committed to being a professional angler. And, and there's a lot that goes into that. And so what I do love, the way I like to phrase it is I like to phrase that we created a second level of opens without uh messing up the competition the competition is still going to be tough, just as hard but we've created like a second tournament trail without a second trail because those people who fish the single division it's going to be a variety of guys who are locally very good that still want to make the classic and have a couple bodies of water near their home or places they've been you'll have guys out of college that maybe were pretty good but they don't know how good they can get into three opens like normal and test the waters there if they do really well then they'll have some seed money based on top tens or winning an event or, or punching a classic ticket, whatever, to be able to have the courage to do all nine and have the, the financial ability. Um, and then you'll also have the who just want to continue to fit high level tournaments and test themselves. So it's not all just like focused on all nine. That's the EQ points race. 
but now we have another division uh, or another aspect of where that single division is still very intriguing because you're still going to have a lot of hammers, a lot of people that want to sign up. I think the single divisions filled up in like seven minutes. So, you know, there's still people who want to do just one division and we understand that. And so the classic is still the deal, still an awesome opportunity there. And Hey, if you do win one, it's going to be 50 grand. You're going to make the classic. That's another 10 grand guaranteed. There's your, there's some money to be able to fish for 16,000 in entries for all nine the next season. If you wanted to well, and take that jump. Well, if, if you, if you don't tamper with my uh, trolling motor cord, I'm going to try to get, <laughs> get one, one this year because I'll be in a singular division, but no, I, I just gotta, you know, I, I gotta give credit where credit's due. I said, no, nah, this is not a, I don't like this, this call. I don't like this decision, but man, the signups tell the tale and, and the people have spoken and, um, you know, people want to, people want to do it. They want to, they want to try to get into the elites and, you know, it's, a, I took my shot and I'm really thrilled. We have, we have one of our own professional fish heads here. Uh, yeah. he's taking his shot this year, man. He signed up for all nine. He was, he was first in line. Uh, how you feeling JK? Man, you know, all emotions aside, I looked at this opportunity as numbers. The odds say, you know, you're taking nine out of a group of 175 guys. There's nine spots that we're battling it out for. That's better odds than the three out of 225 per division. So you, I can't – with what we have on the table, we don't know. Bass might make a decision next year to take it off the table. We, you never know. You know, it might work and it might be there for, you know, all the days to come. So, you know, I felt like everything aligned to take my shot now with with the odds being what they were, um, the schedule they put out. I mean, that's, a, that's what I'm excited about. Ronnie said they, they haven't been to a lot of these places in a long time, but they're going to some lakes that are famous – and gosh, like Wheeler, I just came back from Wheeler at the BFL <laughs> Wildcard. That place is on fire. And we fished it when it wasn't that great in the fall. When we go there in May, I think, late May, you're going to have to catch them, man, like heavy sacks. So you got that. You got Toledo Bend, the St. Lawrence River. I'm really excited about Bugs Island. I've never been there. Oh, yeah. I feel like that is probably the closest thing to home that I, not in terms of mileage, but in just terms of setting up for how I like to fish, uh, you know, cleaner water. I, I heard there's might, maybe some blueback herring in that lake. Um, but I got some experience too. I, 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 I fished Watts bar this year. I fished, um, lake Wheeler Alabama. you know, I've, and I, and I've been to Eufaula plenty of times. It's by no means am I going to be, somebody anybody mentions about doing well in that tournament but i've got some reps down there i know i know what the fish will do if it's if it's a cold front and if it warms up and they want to come come up then i know what they'll do at least so you just got to make the right decisions and that's what this year was about for me on the mpfl is giving myself these reps and uh you know looking at the numbers i feel like i'm moving in the right direction can we get a top nine i mean we're going to try our dangness to, to do Justin. it. So we feel like we can do it. Justin, no. Well, we got a question coming yep. your way, Justin. We heard you. Justin, nope. I hear you, Jocelyn. I, I can hear you. 
Oh, really? Oh, um, which, what, how are you preparing for each lake? Everyone wants to know, are you, how are you studying? Um, there's, there's, I'll say it's constant. The moment I get a schedule in my hands, it starts then. Um, so like this last year, every lake, um, was kind of, I kept separate notepad, an individual notepad that I would write things down in for each. So I would never forget anything like if, oh man, I better go grab those flipping baits or whatever. Cause that might come into play. Um, you know, a lot of guys, and I do this too, when I'm just kind of in chill mode, I'll have previous events on, and I don't put a lot of stock into this at all, but you might pick up a thing or two that everybody watches the old Bassmaster events and the old FLW events that are on YouTube or whatever. And I, and I'll be watching, watching that while I do a lot of uh, satellite imagery studying. Um, I feel like I've put together something there that a lot of, a lot of other people aren't doing. Um, and, and what I'm, what I'm looking for, because I'm looking for things that will suit my style. Um, and you can only get so much from like a Google earth or a different satellite imagery place, but I'll do a lot of that to make sure I'm covered there. And then you do a lot of uh, map study. I mean, I subscribe to all of them. I have Lake master, I have Navionics, you know, the Lawrence mapping. And I, I do as much as I can to look at what they'll give me. Um, you know, it's surprising. Uh, Lake Erie, um, you know, I found a couple key spots that, man, some rando guy just happened to go mark. And he accidentally, for whatever reason, didn't realize how to mark his own stuff privately. And he put out there public. And I went over there to check it because I was close by. And there's wolf packs on these boulders, you know, and caught a couple key four and a half pound fish in the event right there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I do everything I can ahead of time to make sure um, – you know, all my, all my tools, as far as, you know, rods, reels and lures and stuff are ready. Um, I kind of map out what I'm bringing to each event based on how I think it'll fish and what I think it'll fish. And then I, you know, try to, try to stay within the laws of Pete Glusek, knowing, knowing your abilities and knowing how you win. So, you know, if there's, if there's say a bite that maybe I'm not very good at going on, I might try to find other things before I get wrapped into what everybody else might be doing. You know, like Pete, like he's always said, and you guys who follow the podcast know if he gets on a flipping bite, watch out. Um, Cause his top tens, you know, follow there. And, I, and we're, we're figuring that out. The thing I'm excited about fishing nine tournaments like this, like this year I, I tried to, I tried to just go try to learn how to win these multi-day events um, and just take a shot at winning them. This is going to be a little different now. I feel like a lot of my co-angler lessons are going to come into play. Um, I'll go ahead and tell you, I plan on catching a lot of fish on a spinning rod. I'm not afraid to be that guy because um, I, I feel like I know that it's a marathon. Um, you know, I – and yeah, this my game is a gathering years. Yeah, the relationships yeah. that I've made, knowing a lot of the elite series guys, you know, I kind of have an idea of what it's going to take, whether I can pull it off or not. 
you know, but it's, it's a, it's a marathon and a grind out there and you have to learn how to survive um, the grinders and the tough tournaments. And I did both, you know, at Watts bar, I got into one of those things. My, my roommate, Patrick Walters won the thing. Um, and so I'm seeing how this event is won and I had a bad tournament and I didn't do what I needed to do to grind out and pull myself out and have a, just survive that event. Next event, Saginaw Bay, my other bad tournament. Same thing happened. One of my roommates almost darn near won the thing, um, got second, Trent got second. So I'm watching this unfold. I know, I know what he's doing and I know, I know what, you know, it's, it's nice to have an up close view of how this, these tournaments are being won when the rest of the tournament is a darn grinder. Like it, what they weren't easy tournaments to even catch a limit or catch a good sack. And, you know, I learned from that and uh, Lake Erie, I, I clawed back into the top 10, but that was a grinder for me. I caught seven keepers day one and six keepers day two, you know, and I had a great final day, but those lessons I learned throughout the year from even just my roommates and from a lot of relationships, you Pete and just, being able to, to think through the amazing process it is to actually make these decisions in real time. You know, and I closed out the year. I was in the 60s in the Kissimmee chain. And honestly, that tournament was such a grind. But to come back and get a check in that event was such a bolster, you know, a confidence booster of, okay, that we're, we're starting to learn how to play this game. The long game, how to recover, how to scramble. You know, Tiger Woods is a great scrambler. I want to be the great scrambler. I can I can hear the confidence in you, and uh, and that's great. And I'm we're all going to be excited to watch. And you're, a lot of grinders took place. Of course, Watts Bar is going to be a grinder. We had a, 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 <laughs> yeah. a shoot down there, or a, you know, for Bash University, and and <laughs> in the exact time of year when that tournament's going to be. So it's going to be it's going to be a test of the best. For sure, but I want to switch gears. We got we've got Ronnie Moore here. I want to go from talking about grinders to talking about <laughs> smash fests because we had some and um, and we we wanted to talk about some of the baits and and tools and the guys that have won big on the elites this year. And um, and uh, you want, first one that comes comes to mind is you know one of the guys that was covering me at the open friend of mine been a Bash University instructor uh, since the beginning of Bash University uh, loving the death owner of Missile Baits but he came right out of the gate swinging for the fences Ronnie yeah and I think that what's what's crazy is his two victories John Cruz who we're talking about at the St John's Rivers past season his two victories in his career have been on opposite, probably the farthest away from each other that you can get, the Cal Delta and the St. John's River. Both That's of them the are title. Some of them don't have the, the biggest fluctuation in tides, depending on where you're at, but but at places it can, it can fluctuate a lot. But how even like subtle little tide deals, he told me a story, I think, and Wes Logan told this as well. Like Wes was like running down the same stretch as him fishing on one of the days, and he's like, man, it's about to get good. The tide's about to start going out. And Wes is like, I don't even know what the tide is. What's the tide? You know, because it's it's so minimal that you just can forget about it at the St. John's and still catch right. them. But it for the guys who know how to run it, they'll know when you have 100 yards worth of pads, when they'll be on the edge of those pads 
so you can go down because that's the one piece of structure that as an angler i have zero confidence in because they could be anywhere and they're not the easiest to get out and what do you throw in there you're limited to a certain amount of baits um dirt, given the weather so when john knows those little deals that he can run a stretch and catch two or three fish off of it each day you don't have to pound those places and so for him to be able to use a bladed jig and catch some fish to be able to use a drop shot in Robman with his electronics and, and probably a jerk bait a little bit too on day one before we had a camera on him to see a drop shot and a jerk plate jerk bait put a lot of weight into his boat but him not die when that pattern started to fade on him and he could go back to just fishing how he fished the St. John's before forward facing sonar back in the day when he's had top tens there and just go fish visible cover with moving baits or flipping he was able to save himself in Rodman doing that. And then also when he got back in the river. So John mixed it up a lot. And I was very, it was very cool to see him that because there's moments we see it on live and Justin knows fishing. There's moments where Justin's at the Kissimmee chain and he's, he's about to die in this event. He's he, it could go either way. You're either going to come back and salvage or you're going to pass and, and, and draw down the standings. And I always say the elite series pros, all of them have the ability to get a top 20 but not all of them have the ability to avoid a bottom 20. And you'll see those guys every event who are 75th day one, they jump and they get to 52nd and miss the cut. It's a missed cut. They didn't make a dollar, but they gained 24 points, 23 points on a day where they underperformed, but they, those 23 points will save them later. I think, I think uh, Whitaker, who, who is a, a friend of the show when he, when he was fifth in the year 2020, uh, he had that same thing for the Northern swing. He didn't make a cut. I think he missed three Northern swing cuts, but he finished 50th, 45th to 50th in every one of those events. And he was in 70th day one of those events. So gaining 25 points, three tournaments in a row after day one allowed him to stay in that angler of the year race. And he loses it by 18 points, you know, so it's so close, but I will say there was a moment John Cruz had a chance to falter on day three and even though it was his lowest weight of the week, he caught a couple key fish that clued him in for what he needed to do day four to go close the deal. And that's what he did. Yep. And, you know, it's interesting. I mean, he used a surprise, surprise, a vibrating jig uh, was in the mix. Uh, dominant, dominant weapon in Florida. He, uh, he used the Texas rig quiver worm, uh, downsized, uh, you know, casting and flipping style bait. But one, one of the things that, you know, like you mentioned, it, the, the drop shot, your ability to, to prevent a failure or, or catch fish or clean up uh, that drop shot, uh, you know, you wouldn't think of that in Florida, but that's uh, that was an effective tool. And it comes up later because we filmed with uh, Brian Schmidt, who won uh, on the Mississippi River. That's all he does is win. Um, <laughs> and uh, Especially but, there. Yeah, well, there. And, uh, you know, he the importance of – Fishing in the grass with a drop shot for largemouth is mm -hmm. a factor for Brian Schmidt. I, I, you know, this was kind of a surprise to me, uh, but we, you know, he was teaching uh, for Bash University, and we're going to be releasing this um, this tutorial here very soon. But, uh, I, you know, not surprised. Using the magic worm was the – it was a prototype at the time. John used it at the St. John's now – it's out and it's you know it's 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 really an effective drop shot. Made a few more top later in the season as well with the beta color anglers did. So yeah. Yep. 
great, great little worm. So check that. It's the quiver and the magic worm, missile baits. We move from there, and uh, another Bash University instructor. I love Buddy Gross. Uh, he's so cool. Um, he's he's so excited about fishing such a, a dominant uh, offshore angler, and uh, and he did it on you know going offshore fishing uh, hard spots and and I guess shell beds on the Harris chain. Yeah, well, crazy is the Harris chain event in general. I thought. I mean, Kyle, Jesse, and I joke about it now, but with the weather getting better at the end of the St. John's event, we had a full moon the middle of the week leading up to the Harris chain. I literally was like, it's going to take 120-something pounds. Like, it's going to be it's going to be huge. Harris chain is fishing. It's the best lake in Florida right now. It's fishing on fire. It's going to take 120 pounds. Yet we go see – we see an 11-pounder get caught. We see some nines get caught. We see some upper 20 bags get caught. And it's like 74 pounds wins the event or 77 pounds wins the event. Like absolutely blew my mind that it didn't take 20 pounds a day, that it didn't take closer to 90, 100 pounds to win it um, because I had high expectations. But I think a lot of that, a mixture of weather was getting right, but we saw so many fish make the same moves in the same area. And we had 45 people out of 100 anglers fishing the same schools of fish that allowed, didn't allow it to be the, the fullest potential. You know, if, if yeah. five or six guys find it, that weight goes up and Buddy Gross can't win. But Buddy Gross kind of was, I'm not going to, he's a dog because he, he's got the winning instinct in it. He's a, he's a dog in a positive way. But I kind of think about him as the dog at Thanksgiving. He was going around those areas on the edges and getting all the crumbs. He's, he's got this little stretch of grass that I can make a, a lipless crankbait work. I can, can drag a Carolina rig. I can throw my swim bait. I can do these different things mm -hmm. on the edge around the really heavily pressured area, which fish probably got pushed out to him a little bit each day, but he had to make those adjustments. He stayed on the outside, didn't get too thick into where he could probably see a hundred fish getting caught right over his shoulder. He stayed on the outskirts and then a couple things, you know, lead edge. to lead to him, you know, trying a couple hard spots within sight of it but just a little farther away and boy did he the one cool thing not even bait wise because he used baits that you know we know work you know worms drag hard spots uh lipless swim baits things like that but he did it inside out he fished it inside out where he was yes, actually I like remember that up in the grass power pole down fishing out on the hard spots or out differently. And it was a different approach. And with the wind that we had, uh, he's an offshore guru. And and that was the key to him being able to catch those fish and staying on that cast. Cause we know how important that same last can be. It's, it's interesting that you say that. Cause when he, t he, he gave a, a, a structure seminar for Bash U, And one of the things that, that struck me, was his use of the hummingbird side imaging. Everybody knows side imaging is such a huge tool, but he uh, idled up in the shallows and shot that beam off the break and was able, is, is more easily able to identify schools of fish that way. Um, and it, that's really interesting. Chris Zaldane teaches at Bass University the same thing. The big swim bait guys are all fishing, you know, deep, to shallow as crediting as a as a weapon to to catch the big ones and um and buddy did it. he did it with a swim bait let's see what let's see what buddy used um he got a five inch scottsburg tackle swim bait on a three-quarter ounce weight 
And of course, he was using the Texas rig uh, Zoom Z crawl. So, and it was the, and it was also using that big. It was the, I can't remember the worm now, but it's the, it, it's like the long trick worm with the Z crawl tail. Z crawl worm. Okay, yeah. So that's what. Yeah, I was able to use a, a big worm and not just like what you expect in Florida, maybe a, a flipping worm, and which is good because there was a lot of reeling worms going on, a lot of swimming worms going on that week. Yeah, no doubt. Well, congratulations to those two guys in Florida. And, Buddy, uh, our, our I, most recent uh, magazine cover guy as well for Bass Times. You'll see that on in your ma- in your mailbox, I guess this week probably. Got mine yesterday. Buddy, Buddy made the cover. Yes, he did. Yeah, for for holding up a fish, and he was talking about offshore, uh, offshore cover and offshore grass. So that should be a good one. You know, it's it's funny when you like. I, you see guys fish and like they when they're trying to survive, right? They're using a technique that they don't maybe have that much confidence in, and they they almost look uncomfortable. <laughs> and then you see a guy that's fishing in his wheelhouse, and he looks like a hot knife through butter. Mm-hmm. And that's what when Buddy Gross gets offshore, he's like, ah, I'm at home. You know, <laughs> this is my house. You know, and one and one thing I think is really cool with him. That's it's something we see Brandon Polinick do, but he credits 360 a lot more than forward facing sonar because for some of those guys that are Tennessee River guys, yeah, you want that live action as the fish change as they reposition. But some of those guys who know how to find structure that will hold fish, they love 360 because that structure is not going anywhere. The fish may be there some days and not the next day, but Buddy utilizing. 360 to find the structure really makes him deadly because then he just marks it in the back of his mind. So when people are like, buddy was a sandbagger this week, he didn't find them, but he found seven hard spots. He found eight stumps. He found three deeper grass lines and only uh, 20% of that had fish on it in practice, but you can't win the four day tournament in the three day practice period. And then he just makes little stops and all of a sudden they show up on one of those hard spots and the 360 told him where to position. And he just had trust that when he looks over there, now I can see them live swimming around. And there's three there on Wednesday and there's 37 there on Friday. Yep. And that 360 is a game changer, guys. I know we hear about that uh, uh, quite a bit. but uh, That's like a dream. Oh, there was three here yesterday. Now there's <laughs> yeah. 40. Right, that's the, that's, that's the that's gift. That's the that's fear. One of those you, know? you call the special day. Yeah. It, it never. It, it always goes the other way. You know, there is there is uh, the winning fish were here. Then the right, wind right. changes and they're all gone. That's cool. But uh, yeah, that's that's a beautiful thing. Finding the habitat is is key. And um, I want to take us to the next one because we're talking about sonar, and um, and we, I've been talking about the, people are going to start making baits uh, to. Be, you know, because of forward-facing sonar, you know, uh, that are that do certain things that help them catch fish off of their sonar. But uh, I've got the big the big dance now. This is the tournament I didn't get to see much of because you know, Bass University. <laughs> uh, Jocelyn has me working at the booth the whole weekend, <laughs> so I don't get to watch. And um, you know, but we've got we've got the Bassmaster Classic. Jason Christie coming back, unfinished business. Uh, he's a killer, and he got his classic win, and he did it. He did it with the yum forward-facing um, 
Scott's what is it? The Young Sonar, Sonar, Sonar Minnow. Sonar. Yeah, there it is. I can't. I'm now. That I'm so old. I can't read without my glasses. <laughs> but uh, and the jujitsu jig. So he, he's using a jig and the forward facing Sonar Minnow. Ron, did you? I mean, come on. This is amazing. They're making baits to to match up with Sonar. They're doing it now. Yeah, and and I got to ride with Jason um, on the final day of practice. We always pick, you know, Robbie Floyd, myself, uh, and Davey Height. We pick somebody to ride with on the final day of practice. And I'll just say, over the last four years, everybody I've rode with has gotten the top ten in the classics. So Whoa. I'm just saying, whoever wants to whoever wants to dish out some cash, I'll ride with you uh, this <laughs> Man, year. I'll pay cash. I would pay that. I would pay that, Ron. <laughs> no, I, I obviously, obviously, kid. But uh, there's there's reasons we go with guys and obviously the storyline, you know, Robbie chose Hank because he was back to back and he was trying to go three times in a row. Um, I think Davey went with Brandon Cobb because he was the local favorite and he got to see some different things from his boat. And I went with Christy because obviously the whole unfinished business deal, but I also know I've talked about it every single, before we get to the sonar minnow, you know, at the end of the day, it's a piece of plastic and it's, same people fishing the plastic will get beat by certain people fishing it because Christy knows what to do and how to do it. But, uh, every time we're at Hartwell, I, I have Oklahoma guys in my interview room after the day weigh in and I'm talking to them and I'm like, Luke Palmer, uh, back in the day, you know, Edwin Evers, Jared Miller this past year as well. And then we had obviously Jason and I think James Elam one year, every one of these Oklahoma guys, I ask him why, does Hartwell suit you, even though we expect your favorite bait to be something else? They say it's fishes very similarly to Grand Lake. Yes, the water color can be different. Yes, the forage is different. But how these fish position in creeks coming out of winter, going into pre-spawn, how they act and how they, you know, the fish that do get on docks, they are programmed the same way as Grand Lake fish. It's very interesting and cool to see that. Uh, Luke Palmer also said it was kind of like Eufaula, uh, where he, you know, will have an open this year, but more of a place that he fishes. But there's some different similarities to that. And so I figured Jason Christie would be a good guy to ride with. We went straight to that spot from takeoff on the final day of practice with the whole mock, you know, takeoff process. We went straight to that creek. He was testing it to cancel it out. He did not want to go there and did not plan to go to that creek. He catches two or three fish. He sees five or six pod bait and fish that were not all together, but they're throughout that Creek channel in that cove that he chose. And uh, he did not plan to fish it. And he said he had just enough of confidence in it that he said, I'll just start there. And boy, did he start there and catch him quick on day one, had a really good fish early on in that event uh, using the, the forward facing uh, sonar minnow from yum. One that he would barely show me when I was in the boat with him. I was like, I'll put my camera down. I just want to, I just want to see it. And so, uh, the key for him though is just being able to control. And I think that that's a huge thing with with forward facing sonar. And and Justin can talk to that and speak to that as well. That it's not about necessarily how you wiggle your worm. It's just having the control on putting it on their nose because at times they're not going to swim over and go to it. Uh, they like to. Some of these fish like to feed up. Some of them will feed down only and they'll go down on it. We've seen that years. They'll go down on your drop shot and not bite it, but then you'll drop it and they'll get it on the way down when they come mm -hmm. up for it. So, so there's certain fish programmed different ways. And I think that was key for Jason before he made it to the docks. I was so, so, so happy to see the second half of each day. 
You know, that's a really big bash you moment there, Ronnie, where what you just talked about with the forward facing sonar. I feel like every time I'm going out, if I'm not fishing the bank and just covering water, if I'm going out there using forward facing sonar, it's all about finding that fish's spot. What it, it, sometimes it's having to, you know, drop straight on them and hit them in the head. Sometimes you need to see them rise up on it and then figure out whether they want to follow it all the way down or not. And then sometimes you need to put it 70 feet away from them because they want to go get it there, up or down. Like it's weird. Competition, whatever. It's almost like bed fishing. There's a spot, there's the bed, and there's a spot in the bed. And then there's a spot on that spot that's going to really get the fish. And so you're just reading the fish, but it's just they're not stuck in a foot of water. They're pelagic. So you got to chase them a little. But I think that that was really key. And what I saw from Jason at the Classic, being able to go in practice, we went from that starting spot, we went like three and a half hours without a bite, without a fish on the graph, without anything in practice. And I was like, dang, I don't know. If he if he could get his time, I said that if he could get his timing down from moving from the offshore kind of, you know, forward-facing style and spot to his dock pattern, if he could time that with very minimal lull, he's going to be very dangerous this weekend. And all the way from the top of the lake to the bottom of the lake, he rolls into a pocket and he's like, I think I'm going to catch a fish on one of the next three docks. And I said, do it. And he caught one on each of the next three docks. And he said, <laughs> I know what to do. And every single spot, he ran four or five pockets at the bottom of the lake that he never touched in the tournament, but he caught fish on every single dock and he knew then what to do. And we saw that when he needed those docks, uh, they were there because he knew when to make that move and to have the confidence that I'm going to give myself three hours instead of eight hours. But those three hours are the highest percentage hours to flip my jig under the walkways. And that's a whole nother deal. That's a whole bass you thing as a Carolinian that we could get into for hours is where at on the docks, do you pitch? Do you flip? Do you skip to make it high efficient? Because you could fish a dock for 20 minutes, but he's making, he's fishing 20 docks in 20 minutes and getting a bite on every one of them or every other one of them because he knows where to put it on that certain day or time of year. Yep. That's a good point too, Ronnie. I experienced that in September on Hartwell. They were under the docks, the back sides of the docks. And if you cast it into the back sides of the docks or close to it, you wouldn't get bit. But if you cast it into six inches of water up onto the walkway, they would swim all the way out from behind that dock and get it. And it's the same kind of lesson as the forward facing sonar where do the fish want to attack their bait? You know, it's not always on top of their head. A lot of times yep. it is. Sometimes it's just the predictable spot where they're going to eventually eat their prey anyways. That's a, yeah, that's really interesting stuff. And we're the forward facing, you know, it's, it's changing the way that we fish in a great way, I think, you know, but I still love to watch a guy fish docks and get <laughs> shallow. I love that. And uh, the, you know, that's, we teach that at Bash U, like pay attention because we lose our minds when we get a bite. Everybody does. You get a bite, you set the hook, you catch this fish, you're, you're, you're on Instagram, you're going on TikTok and you forget, well, where did that fish bite? I can't, you know, was it on the back corner, the front? Did he hit it going that you forget everything. So, but that you gotta, you gotta try to remember where that bite came from. Cause just like Ronnie said, you, you know, one, you get a bite off of a walkway, then you got to remember that and and you can run the walkways and become a very very deadly and efficient angler guys if you're watching 
like and share the feed. We have a great prize. We got a Bash University hat and a Woodwater um, pack that we're going to be giving to you guys, as well as we're giving away a Epoch lithium battery with a charger, a thousand dollar value. Pay attention to the details we're talking about. We're going to be asking a question at the end of the show and giving away an amazing prize to one of our Bash University subscribers. And all that being said, I want to talk about my my personal favorite win of the year because he's oh, a, once again another Bash University instructor. Uh, but gave we we wanted this. I JK, I remember working with you on on getting this guy. Um, mm -hmm. You know him and his partner are just really great teachers. Um, but he's made both amazing sight fishermen and. Um, and Drew Cook gave one of the most monumental uh, sight fishing tutorials uh, at, at Bash University that I've seen. He's talking about stuff in a way that I hadn't heard. And I've heard, I mean, Shaw Grigsby, I've heard the best, starting at the best to watching it morph, how, how, how guys are getting better and better at it, to where we wind up now with Drew Cook talking about how he's, you know, gritting out the bed what he's looking for, the, his action of, of vibrating that rod um, and, you know, using the fighting frog, the big bite uh, bait fighting frog as his, you know, number one go-to. But he gave that seminar about two months before he went out and did that exact thing uh, to win the tournament. So it, amazing. My favorite win of the year, Ronnie. And I got to watch it as a fan as well because I was in the labor and delivery room for when our daughter was being born. So I did Santee Cooper and I got to watch it just like uh, you guys do every single week. And it's very cool to see that because I knew I knew it was coming. Uh, you know, I thought maybe one of the Florida events he would win sight fishing. Um, and he had some finishes there. Drew Benton, his roommate, gets second, has a great couple day flurry to come back and get second to Buddy Gross at the Harris Chain. Then we go into Santee Cooper and the weather wasn't the best. It was cold and then it was going to get stormy, but it was going to be warm. And, and anytime you get in a couple weeks stretch there at Santee, they're going to be on bed. And so bed fishing was obviously the main go-to. And like I said, you could take this soft plastic and give it to anybody, but it's about who's using it that matters. Mm -hmm. And the way Jason Christie uses his forward facing sonar minnow and the way that Drew Cook uses his fighting frog on bedfish. It's just two of the best at their game um, doing so. And Cook's got all kinds of different tricks up his sleeve that somebody's going to be – they're going to be doing the cook quake and beating the bot, the butt of their rod to get the line to shake without moving the bait. But, but it's not going to be to the right octave, and it's just not going to work. And there's so <laughs> many different things but and the, and the patience aspect. But I think the biggest thing that Drew does and knows is, for one, in practice – because everybody can have great fishing baits. I know we're talking about baits, and that's the key thing. But the bait isn't always the deal with uh, sight fish tournaments. It's you run out of fish in sight fish tournaments because some other people catch them, or you didn't mark enough, or more show up, or more go away. So you need to have a good amount of fish found. And how Drew Cook marks fish on his electronics when he sees them in practice so that he knows they're worth, you know, I'll go into a pocket and there's 20 fish he marked, but there's only three that were four pounds or bigger. That's going to be spot D or E for him. He's going to need a concentration of big fish. 
before for it to be an A or B spot. And so finding those spots and marking them as religiously as he does so he has plenty to go to, then he kind of gets a grasp of what area of the lake is really exploding with fish. I'm going to live in this region, and then now it's time to just go do what's best. Start on a big one, catch the big one, and then go from there to your next big ones. And day one is kind of those days where – I'd expect really big weights from a lot of people, but day two is who burned up their bedfish. And so I knew that he was able, he was going to be consistent at some point because he had just so many fish that he was going to be able to go to. And so I I will say that that final seven fourteen or whatever it was, was that that was, that was the fish that we can say, but it was also just, you can see how close he was to maybe losing that event and letting the field catch him to, Mm. I just put, my one bullet in the gun, and I just I just leaned on that the rest of the day, and I'm gonna make sure I get that bullet to connect, and he did. So it's very. It was it was super cool, uh, guys. Check out the rest of Drew Cook's uh, seminar. All the details. I mean, sure. it really gives them up. It'll help you become a better uh, sight fishing angler and competitor. J.K. Uh, man, it's awesome to have you back with us. I know you're you're on a tight schedule, and we got to let you go. <laughs> But I want to wish you best of luck at the Opens this year, man. And we'll, we'll get you on again real soon. Yeah, thanks, man. This is always fun to be with you guys, coming back to family. Ronnie, good to see you, buddy. I know I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. And I hope I'll be on again see soon, you. Pete. We'll see you on Bass Live. Yeah, man. See you guys. See you on, see you on Bass You Live, buddy. See you, JK. Well, good. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was the Fighting Frog in Tilapia Magic. And that yeah. is like uh, – there it is. That is the go-to – um, that is the go-to bait for Drew Cook. That's all he throws. That's the only bait. It's like throw all the others out. If they're on the <laughs> beds, that's what I'm throwing. Um, so congratulations to Drew Cook. That I, I didn't realize this, but so far everybody's an instructor that has won on the Elite Series this year. Uh, there's no surprise there because we're really good at what we do. Uh, yeah, and the ones who <laughs> maybe aren't instructors yet will become one because we just found out a lot about them this year. <laughs> that's right you can you, you would be surprised or i was surprised at how many of uh the top level anglers are using bash university because they're you know maybe they're not good at sight fishing and they need tutorials in that arena or they're not you know they don't get to fish for smallmouth that much so they want to learn from the best smallmouth anglers in the world so we're, well, we're think- absolutely happy to have you guys as teachers and and uh and looking at the programs as well Okay, we're going right back to our man uh, who just won the classic for our fifth of the year uh, at Chickamauga. Um, Christy did what he does in that early season. He broke out that big Colorado uh, covert series spinnerbait and uh, and won again with that technique. Man, how many? I mean, how many times have we seen him do that in the face of? You know, like he called being stubborn, being persistent. I don't know. He, he he says he's too stubborn sometimes, but being stubborn with that bait gets him in the winter circle, Ronnie. It definitely was the reason that he started to have some big bags to be in position on that final day to win the event. And, you know, the one thing that I love is obviously we know when it's windy, you throw a spinner bait. When it's dirty water, you throw a Colorado. Maybe you throw an orange kicker as well. And certain times of the year we do this or that. Everyone kind of knows the big program for a spinnerbait, but it's always something that's still on the front deck of your boat when you're using other baits. Like it's not the go-to for a lot of people, but to see how Jason uses it, uh, how he uses it to cover water and to find, you know, 
you know, high percentage areas on stretches. You know, he's fishing a long stretch of riprap or a long stretch of pockets and how he'll use that spinnerbait to find key areas. Um, but I'll also say adjustment on that final day when the water started to clear up and maybe the big Colorado wasn't going to be a deal. Instead of trying to adjust your spinnerbait to a unhealthy extent, go to willows or change your skirt colors, he opted for a, a, a bladed jig at times as well, too. Um, and he flipped a jig some as well. So what's cool is to see how much weight is put in the boat with that spinnerbait that we're looking at right there, but how a fish or two will always come on something else for Jason that kind of bridges the gap of maybe when a spinnerbait goes through a lull. You know, when people die with a spinnerbait in their hand, he lives because he switches it up just enough to keep the bites going and the knowledge flowing to him. And I, uh, I hate to tell this on Jacob Fouts, but Jacob got third in that event on his home body of water. And he said, I hated hearing Jason's interview. I said, why are you just that bitter that you, you lost? And he said, no, I was the boat that ran by him. I ran around an island and cut in front of him. He didn't see me because of the fog, but he saw my boat wake. And I made him shut down early on that stretch. And he caught two or three fish right there to win the tournament because I made him stop running because he was worried about the boat wakes and, and couldn't see. And so when Jacob oh, told me that, man. I was like, oh, my gosh, stay behind him. Don't run past him. You know, I know you're in a hurry again, but – yeah, he said his boat wake was the one that Jason referenced because he had passed him on an island on a cut through because he knows the Hiawassee so well. Wow. Wow. It's it's crazy. The you know, it's almost like it's meant to be. You know, when it's your turn to win, uh it's 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 meant to be, you know. A hundred percent. I definitely believe in that. And uh especially with Jason winning the classic, getting second to last at Santee Cooper, and then winning the next event. Like we're talking about roller coaster. That's yeah. the the ninety the ninety fifth or whatever it was ninety third at Saint uh, or at Santee was definitely uncharacteristic and uh, I don't know Chickamauga was a really I mean that was one of the hardest and toughest final days of the Elite Series season uh, of of an event day four we had two bags over twelve pounds with Brock and Jason Christie absolutely brutal final day so. Those guys who know how to catch big ones like Jason does when he was catching 20 pounds and 18 pounds to catch up, when it did get tough, it did go to zero for him. He was able to find a way to catch 15 pounds, which is what it took to win. Well, that was amazing. Guys, check out Jason Christie's pre-spawn strategies uh, yep. on Bass University TV. It is It, it remains one of our most viewed seminars on Bass University TV, So, uh, and, and there's a reason for that. And one of the reasons why he's just a killer and he just does nothing but win. Um, next one, one of our guys, and, and we love <laughs> Lee Livesey. Um, he's, uh, he's just so much fun and entertaining to watch. Of course, it, once again, like you watch a guy that's swimming in his ability, uh, like, you know, like he did it. He's just so confident, so comfortable in this environment. And, uh, you know, we watched him do it. He's using a six cents crush 300D crankbait, a three quarter ounce six cents divine hybrid jig with a net bait pack pocket crawl and a hog farmer tremoring hog tie jig. I love saying all these names. <laughs> uh, people coming in from the outside that don't know what we're talking about here, this terminal, they're like, what in the world is it? Are they from Mars? What kind of show am I watching? Yeah. Here? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The hog farmer tremoring hog tie jig. That's the greatest That's name ever. <laughs> and 
I, I believe that was his yeah that was his hair jig he caught a couple maybe one or two on day one or day two early i know it was before noon um before he kind of just went practicing for the rest yep. of the day when he had his weights he was able to catch some of those fish and he actually referenced that on bachelor live he said thanks drew i don't know which drew left that spot but some drew left he fished and he fished it with a different bait than they were using he was throwing that hair jig and was able to catch a couple fish but the crankbait fish the jig fish those were huge and i think i, I don't want to be wrong but i think he also caught one fish on a spoon and it was in the timber and it was the last day and it was like the eight pounder like he had already won but this made it a 13 pound win instead of a three pound win i think he caught like an eight pounder on a spoon as well so lee mixing in full baits like that on pressured schools of fish kind of shows you his wisdom on how on bait rotation presentation knowing when to throw what at these different fish but those crankbait bites early in the event I mean, he had two five-pounders get hung in timber on the crankbait. And for 10 minutes, he's he's trying to pop his line, and he's about to break it. And then all of a sudden, the limb breaks, and he lands two fish. Like you said just a minute ago, when it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. And when I saw that happen, I was like, he can do no wrong today. He just caught yes. two five-pounders with when they were hung up in timber. It also shows you, I think Charlie Hartley said this a long time ago at the Hartwell Classic, I will flip and skip into a dock and not know how to get a fish out, but I'll worry about getting the bite first and then I'll worry about how to get the fish out. And that was Lee Livesey casting a crankbait through standing timber and getting hung up at times is not ideal for, you know, fun fishermen or novice anglers or even other elite series pros don't want to do that. But he knew he had to make that cast, that lineup. It was an possibility to get hung up but if he did make that cast enough he would get catch some fish and boy did he and, and get him but i think he prepared himself and probably if anyone knew how to land those fish that were hung in timber more than anybody but it also a little bit of luck but he put himself in that opportunity to do well i love it i love it he's another big winner another batch university instructor we just filmed with him um yeah you know, on catch him on what was it big swim baits Big swim baits. We're, we're, we, we had them on swim baits. We had them on top water. It was a pretty awesome shoot. Yeah, right. Isn't that the one where he doubled up on one of the top waters? Doubled up on a top water bait <laughs> on film in a seminar. Nice. That's For, awesome. Just That's teaching awesome. people how to walk the bait, yeah. you know, and and, catch, <laughs> and doubling up, you know. Go ahead and catch two. Yeah, might as well. You know, <laughs> that's Livesey for you. Uh, so congratulations to him and uh, another great win. And I'm uh going down again and you know here's one we don't have yet man you need uh, to is number Overdue. seven it is pickwick lake um brandon lester you can learn from him this year at gadsden alabama though that's right good Sunday, awesome. january 22nd mm -hmm. and you know just because i love the people that watch our show i'll, I'll give up one of one of the seminars that he's going to do punching comes in all shapes and sizes Interesting. I'll leave it at that. Uh oh. Punching comes in all shapes and sizes. I wonder where he's going with that. <laughs> I love it though. Um, and Brandon Lester, we've been uh watching him, got a great big win on Pickwick. Uh he uh great so excited to have him speaking for us this year. But he won with Strike King 4.0 KVD Magnum Square Bill. Um he won he had a six XD 
as well, and he's using triple grips on those. And a Berkeley Powerbait uh, Maxent Magnum Hitworm, a Nico rig. Um, so a Nico rig and cranking, finesse fishing and cranking. Got him, got him the W. Was, uh, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that term? I know Pickwick really got tight, tight, super tight in the fall. Was, uh, was, that, sure. a, was that a tight tournament too? No, so Pickwick is my favorite tournament because Pickwick is my favorite lake in the world. I think it's the most diverse Tennessee River Lake that we have. Um, and you can spread out and fish shallow. You can fish deep. You can fish offshore. You can fish shallow offshore. And that Brandon Lester was doing. And I wish we got to see more of the crankbait, but you know how the Tennessee River is with groups of fish. You beat on them a little bit with uh, a big crankbait, and then all of a sudden the next day they – they're a little smarter than they were before. It's like giving your giving your child medicine. We're we're in four days of trying to give our daughter uh, flu medicine because our eight month old is sick, and literally this morning she knew what we were doing and she knew to turn her head away and she knew not to open her mouth. We had to make her open mouth. She knew this is like the third day of them doing this medicine. I'm I'm not going to cooperate. And so those fish on the Tennessee River do the same thing when you try to force feed them that that bait. Mm-hmm. And so he was able to opt for what, what's cool is the section lake he's in is one of my favorites as well for covering tournaments, but also fishing when I've been there is because you can fish with a offshore mindset with a shallow water approach. So he was throwing that big square bill. Um, also a 6XD, you know, when he got off of that drop into the channel a little bit, um, but predominantly fishing pretty shallow. And when he he said he saw it, I was just with Lester last week um, doing uh, some different features that we'll be able to roll out as well in January, I hope. And Lester dropped some knowledge on us on techniques, but he says that uh, in practice, he saw this. There was two anglers within half a mile of him. He found that area. There was a couple fish there, and he decided not to fish it. Came back later, last stop of the day. No one was around. Made a cast. Felt a fish, like literally ran it over a fish's back. Throws another cast out there. Catches a five-pounder. think he throws another, catches a three-and-a-half, and he's out of there. Goes there day one, and it was kind of one of those deals. Uh, we talked about Buddy Gross, where a spot that has three or four fish ends up having a bunch of fish. Well, he knew there was a bunch of fish there, and the worry, Pete, was with – with that spot, would it hold up each day? Because he was the one beating on it. No one else was. But he was – every time he'd make that 40-minute run and he'd pull up, he's like, I hope they're there today. And in the first 10 minutes, we would know because he'd have two or three keepers really quick. But that worm, that Nico rig, is so deadly. I would honestly say maybe Taku for smallmouth, but it's hard to beat Brandon Lester with a Nico rig. Brandon Lester, mm-hmm. maybe Brandon Polinick, but Lester is so good at a Nico rig. And that Berkeley Maxent um, hit worm, Magnum hit worm rigged. And he said, there's a lot of other baits that are similar profile, but he is an avid believer in scent that Maxent has developed. And the way it stays, stays in the baits, you can catch multiple fish on it. Just kind of what it does down there in schools of fish. He's, he's actually tried other baits against it at times. And it's just, it's just not, not going to produce more than the uh, Maxent stuff out there. And, the way he was rigging it, and it's the, the purple. I think it was plum, but it's plum in Max Scent uh, Power Bait is much more of a purple than it is a reddish, pinkish, 
you know, purplish in other baits. You know, it's the same color, but it's definitely a different tone to it. It's more matted for sure. And so the way he's able to catch fish on a spinner, a spinning rod is, is amazing whether he's up north or down south. And then I'll also mention he caught that six-pounder on the final day that is iconic when he actually showed a motion of, boom, I won this tournament. I know it. I've done my job. I hit my weight mark. And he did it on a scrounger as well. So uh, a couple key – you're going to have to have multiple baits on the Tennessee River. But that Nico rig was huge for Lester. Yeah, he, he mentioned yesterday um, – I was talking to him on the phone about seminars and – he said that that Nico rig for him is the most powerful bait in his arsenal when he's using forward-facing sonar. For sure, and it and it goes all the way it goes all the way down to the ability to adjust the weight on it so quickly. Yep. So you want it to fall quicker, slower. The hook that he uses, I've seen him use that hook for the last five or six years, and it is just something that he trusts and believes in. And I think Pete, you can speak to that. That. It doesn't matter if it's not what everyone else throws, but if you have confidence in a, in a black Senko and no one else does, it catches more fish for you than it does others because you believe in it. And so every single thing, weight, you know, everything for Lester on that Nico rig is flawless for him. Well, we're, we're super excited to have him with us and uh, um, been trying to for a, a couple of years now. I'm glad we were able to work it out. Uh, by the way, guys, we're going to be live in the classroom uh, this year for the first time in, geez, two seasons. So uh, go go to thebashuniversity.com, and you can check it out. We're going to be in Athens, Texas at the end of January in uh, South Carolina, Anderson, and Gadsden, Alabama. So um, look for look for more information coming all the time. We're, we're arranging our speakers right now. We're pretty good at it because all these guys are, are Bash University <laughs> instructors. So we're 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 kind of dialed, but these guys are dialed too. And um and man, I can I can, I need help with his name, Riz, because I always mess it up. But Jay <laughs> oh, Shakurit. <laughs> how do you how do you say it, Ronnie? Jay Shakurit. But okay. I don't know how we get there, but that's how that's how it's said. That's how it's. Jason I don't know how we get there either, because uh, it's a but P, the P, the P, R, P, Z, yeah. But I love it, and he's yeah, exactly. He's a, he's a killer, and um, he won. He won with a drop shot up on the St. Lawrence. I remember. I remember this tournament, um, and it was awesome because he was fishing in an area uh, at the mouth of the Black River, as I recall, and. Uh, he was using a strike, a, a half shell strike king drop shot. Uh, he was using a quarter ounce uh, Wu tungsten, of course, and a marabou jig. Of course, that the marabou jig is as really a bait that is has come on uh, in recent years. I know a lot of the guys are uh, slow cranking that marabou jig, but Jay, man, he got a big W catching some heavyweights out in the big water. Yeah, and one thing that was cool, like another thing that doesn't make sense, like his last name pronunciation, is the fact of <laughs> what a what the black marabou jig or pink or white or tan, whatever color, because fighter will go through all the colors as well. What it's imitating and why it's such a fish drawer, but like if you want to relocate some bass, you can have a hundred smallmouth. They'll just follow that thing down a whole shoal. You can relocate them to another end of the lake if you want, because they'll just keep. They just get in a trance when they follow that thing. And uh, Jeff Gustafson calls it an after-dinner mint. It's not too yes. big of a meal for them, but it's something that they got to have, and they just follow it. But 
that hair jig is is always the deal. I love July, even though that's maybe when they're at their lightest. Though these fish are heavier in September or maybe in August, but in July when we were there, a little lighter, but they're also shallower visible you're able to get a lot of bites doing a lot of different techniques because you can see them and you can also use your electronics off of breaks and drops and it was cool to see him use a striking half shell and that profile to catch all the smallmouth that he did um especially because this lined up for a chris and Corey johnston event, even though most of them do it lined up for them so well with three really rough days of practice not rough on fishing fishing you know, the fish weren't biting or something rough on weather. Yeah. The mm -hmm. fact that they could not be efficient out in the lake and find stuff, I figured it was going to be one of those deals where the Johnstons, they knew this this pocket had these boulders. I'm going to go run knowledge and history. Mm -hmm. And it ended up biting them at times with knowledge and history that they ran. But to hear Jay say at noon on day one, he had two or three fish, and he hears a fish splash behind him. He goes over there and turns his trolling motor and – they're there and then he catches them every cast for however many minutes and gets to his big weight that he was to be in the top top two or three and then every day was one of those things of will they still be there just like we said with brandon lester and boy did they show up and and what was cool was i i don't know what the deal was but it seemed like he was able to get a bigger than average fish in the afternoon every day on that half shell to make that call up and you know whether it was a six pounder or a five and a quarter or five and quarters every single day one of his biggest fish came as one of his last fish of the day you know the last two or three hours before he came back what wasn't uh wasn't that the day where it blew a practice but for four straight days it there was like not a breath oh, of yeah. wind yeah Yep. That's why that's why with, uh, some of these guys found it out and figured it out during the tournament. Like Shane LeHue had was like 66 like day one with I'm gonna say this, it sounds terrible. He was 66 with like 19 pounds. So he didn't not catch them, but he was so far behind. Just imagine catching 19 pounds being nine pounds behind the leader. But he did that, yeah. and every day LeHue got better because he he was able to get out in the lake a little more and learn more and find more fish with the calm conditions. And at the end of the week, he gets a top 10. And so yeah. Jay avoided that day one bomb with those calm conditions. And, and I think that, I don't know, we'll probably never see four days like that ever again. But we broke 100 pounds because that was a monumental thing to do. Yeah, that was monumental. You're right. Uh, but, like, look, there was two or 300-pound bags caught. Right? Yeah, two. Corey, two. Corey and Jay. Yep. Okay. And then we had, had two guys within a pound and a half or something like that as well. Yeah, that was amazing. Paul Mueller, Paul Mueller flexing his muscles up there once again. He's been close to winning up there, and he almost did it again. And then you got guys like Clark Winlet that always catch him up there, and they did. You know, it's it's very cool to see. No matter how we go to the St. Louis River in Lake Ontario, whether we're up in the river takeoff or we're closer to the lake, whether it's calm, whether it's rough, there's still three or four guys that aren't even from up north that always show up and do well in those events. And it's cool to see see guys that do that. Yeah, it, it's it's a really, really cool place. And I got to fish the open up there two years ago. And I think that was like the first time I've fished up there in years. The very first Bassmaster tournament I ever fished was on Thousand Islands. Um out of Clayton. Catching large amount, probably. <laughs> well, uh, no, it was it was just starting to turn. It was just I, you know, be honest, I got fooled. My research told me largemouth were gonna be yeah. the factor, and uh and it was just starting 
that, you know, where smallmouth were dominating the catch. That was back in 96. Oh, my gosh. 1996. Oh a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> See, but, yeah, and, and I think uh, in that September Open that you fished most recently, I think it was 2021, uh, that Corey won and three Canadians lead that over the three days. We had Cal Clemson, who was the Johnston's neighbor. And then we had C Cooper Gallant, who's an elite series rookie next year. And then we had Corey and uh, I think it was like 77 pounds, 78 pounds. So a September event is very, very hard to get four days of good weather in. But if you did, that would be another time of the year to break a hundred because they're just so much heavier in September than they are in, early August or late July, but we obviously know there's a hundred pound capability in July as well. I'm, I'm glad we're going in August this year. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an amazing place. Cause I, back then when I started, it was like 15 pounds was a solid bag. And, um, I had just under 20 pounds. I had 19 every day in the open each of the two days. And I'm, I was 30, 41st place first out of the money <laughs> with almost 20 pounds a day uh amazing amazing fishery and uh congratulations to jay and um next jay, is the sleeping assassin jay who wait hold on congratulations <laughs> to jay who i gotta hear you say it shakura there we go that was perfect yeah there we go but jay <laughs> yeah jay is very quiet and he's going to be a good teacher in a couple years for you guys as well probably as well as austin felix who is a very quiet guy but this I, it was a long time in the making, uh, finally getting a poor level win for Austin Felix doing it. Yes. On the map, he was the closest elite series pro to this destination at Lake Hawaii, but by far not a local, but with the style that Hawaii pro provided on catching smallmouth, uh, it was no doubt that Austin Felix was going to do well in this event. And that's why he was one of my, uh, one of my picks to win for fantasy fishing. And he ended up winning that event, very cool to wow. see him uh, on live day one. He had a 14 or 15 pound bag, lost a big one um, on a drop shot. It was like the kiss of death. He's like, I haven't lost a fish all week or in my life on this bait and then hook. And he lost the next one. And I was like, that's the, that's the four pounder you needed. But to come back with 23 pounds on day two for him and then to get a little bit of help in terms of a competitor, given a clue on how to catch some of these tough and pressured Oahe fish using that drop shot and then going to the Carolina rig was the X factor for a lot of guys on day three and four when it got tougher. That was awesome. The Carolina rig coming back, uh, you know, that, that zoom speed crawl. Uh, if you've not thrown that on the back of your Carolina rig for smallmouth, you're, you know, that's the deal. It what are you been. doing? <laughs> What's that Ronnie? I was saying, if you're not throwing a speed crawl on the back of a Carolina rig, what are you doing? Yes. What are you doing? You're missing it. It's been that guys up. At, I remember, uh, man, on Champlain, they've been drop shotting it, uh, Texas rigging it. <laughs> There's something Oneida. about that shape and smallmouth. Uh, it's killing them. But it's really cool to see uh, the Carolina rig really be a factor. I love that. I love that technique. And a lot of guys aren't using it, uh, but they're starting to. And they're going to definitely after this year, because uh, we're going to jump up to who we just filmed with is uh the the last elite of the was on the mississippi river and uh, brian schmidt got another w oh my gosh can anybody win at his pace ronnie i mean he just he just like per tournaments entered i think he wins as much as anybody 
Yeah, I had this conversation with Kyle Jesse of Bassmaster, who we we do our you know the Bassmaster podcast together weekly, and we talked about it right after Schmidt won. Schmidt's been in a weird situation where he's on the chopping block the last few years of the Elite Series because he just hasn't performed as great as we expected him to. And trying to make up points and make up AOI standings is very difficult against this group of guys. But wins help you do that. He was able to win at Champlain a couple years ago and stay on the Elite Series. And then winning at the Mississippi River solidified not only a classic berth from him, but now he's got a couple good seasons and his points should be in a good order. But I said, is he one of the best anglers of all time? And I posed that question to Kyle. And we had chatted about it. He knew I would pose that question. But is he one of the best anglers of all time? And we have to kind of evaluate that because what is it? He's got double-digit Toyota Series victories. He's won, he's won uh, Opens before. He's won two Elites now. He's won a couple tournaments as well. He's getting up to the point where he's got 16 – 15 to 15 to 17 semi-pro or pro victories. And that's, you know, $50,000 and up victories. He's got like 17 of them. And I think that that, you know, there's only three or four names that can rival that many wins of that caliber. And that's the, the KVDs and the Rick Bonds, uh, maybe the Jake Wheelers in a few years, if he gets a couple more victories, things like that. But winning it's hard to beat his record and track record of winning. And he does it a lot on these river current flow grass fisheries that normally have mixed species in them. Other than the Potomac, you know, Champlain's a mixed species place. Mississippi River's a mixed species place. Places that have flow and that have grass, he seems to be the guy who knows what grass to be around because it's not as easy as just fishing grass, just like docks is not as easy as just going and fishing docks. He knows which grass at what time and what it does for the fish, structure-wise, water clarity, and all of that. So Schmidt, by far, is, is a guy that I've been high on, even though I did not like him. And I told him I did not like him when I covered him in the opens because he would never be transparent on where he was going so I could take photos <laughs> and what he was using. I told him I did not like it when he made the Elite Series, and now, now he's kind of opened up a little bit with more with me. And I said, now we're good and just keep winning and we'll be, we'll stay good. And he said, I'll, I'll do my best. So uh, Schmidt is a machine though. We're very, very, very good angler, very underrated along with Lester. Yeah. I mean, just underrated because they're not, you know, out there looking for that attention, but it's, you know, he dives in deep. We had three grass fishing oriented seminars that we filmed with him. One with a vibrating jig, one with his namesake, little smitty swim jig and one about how to drop shot amongst the grass for largemouth, and the details you're talking about how he identifies where to fish in within the grass what what he's looking for and how he's putting those plans together is uh it, honestly i i'm watch i've sat you know i'm in the boat with this watching this go down and and i'm like man this is this is one of the better seminars i've ever seen about grass fishing uh, if not the best. And he's doing it like Jason Christie came and shocked the world, winning For at sure. a high rate. Uh, Brian Schmidt wins at a very, very high rate. Those I, I kind of put those two guys in that similar category of recent anglers. And of course, you know, back in the day, Kevin was the same deal, you know, just winning at an alarming rate. Uh, 
but yeah, he's definitely a killer. What? Let's see what he he won on because I know he was using a lot of missile stuff, yes. and um, he used the magic worm. He talked about the drop shot really helping him in particular uh, in the early uh, parts of that tournament and finding these fish and staying with them um, uh, on a drop shot. But he also used a Carolina rig, uh, which was a big deal. Two Carolina rig wins back to back, and a baby destroyer. And, um, and, uh, of course he, he used a frog spro flapping frog 65 were, were some of his, the tools that he used to win that tournament. So, uh, I think it's really cool as well. And, and, and I wish, and I may drop these out on Bassmaster YouTube and, and different things. I like to, I've, I've really dug into a couple of the drone, you know, some of these events, we can learn a lot about fishing by watching a drone that has no audio and it's just hanging out like a mosquito above the angler and you see the mississippi river there at stoddard region you know at the south of of pool eight i believe it's seven eight and nine i think for onalaska lacrosse um and then the the ninth pool but down there at stoddard at the bottom in eight they had that uh uh what's the river called I can't remember what the root river. That's what it's called. The root river pumped in a bunch of stormy, dirty water at the bottom of the Stoddard and those drone shots, Pete, you would love it because you can see a defined line of, of tannic dark water mixing with chocolate milk. And there's a line that's formed. And these guys, every single footage, every single video I looked at, they're right near that line because the grass under the water has cleaned it up enough and it gives them almost they don't have to be up in the reeds to be in clear water they use the actual work transition those fish do and they sit just off of that maybe it's a hard spot maybe it's sand maybe it's sporadic grass but that that grass cleaning the water gives them a line and they almost use the water dirtiness and clarity as structure they just ride that line and they, yes. they get down and they chill and to see him use a Carolina rig, even use a topwater walking bait, he caught a few on that as well, to large mouth and small mouth. It's a very good visual, and it really does teach you how you could be in the midst of the crowd, and all the fish in this quarter-mile area have came to this point in the grass because it's the only cleaner that we have. It's the only filter in that region, and those fish are going to – that's why you see so many people catch multiple fish on spots at lacrosse is because when it does get nasty, they all got to swim somewhere, and they look for that that edge where the dirty water meets the clean water, and they can kind of get out of it but be near it as kind of like a blanket. You know, it's it's almost like a shadow. They hang out. Yeah, no doubt. that That's a big deal, and, and on those natural bodies of water, that's such a such a factor. It's, we deal with it on the Chesapeake all the time, and, and the Potomac, you know, those, those, those lines of clarity are key. And Brian's the best in the planet at finding them for sure. and, uh, and gets, uh, you know, stacks up, racks up yet another W, but, uh, man, what, what, a, what a great year this year. I think, got, it, I think it's pretty cool. I was going through the list of everyone that won and I thought it was cool that the angler of the year didn't win a tournament, but still had a chance to win something. So I thought that was pretty neat. How does that work? That that's a trend. Pete. We if you go back to 2019 when Scott Canterbury won Angler of the Year, he didn't win an event. Clark Winlet in 2020 didn't win an event and won Angler of the Year. 2021 Seth Fighter didn't win an event and won Angler of the Year. And same thing for Brandon Polinick. It's just the ability, like I mentioned, the ability to not miss cuts, 
to stay in that day three cut and gain points on day three is so huge. If you can get to 47th or 50th, whatever it is, and just even if you're having a bad tournament, just sneak into that and live to fight one more day. Then you fish that day three and you gain 15 spots. If you do that every single event that you're not on, them, maybe that's half the events, that's 55 to 70 points that you're gaining just because you're surviving. And the ability to survive is what makes you a classic competitor and an angler of the year hopeful or rookie of the year hopeful is the ability to turn a 75th into a made cut barely and figure it out one more day. And so, yeah, Brandon, his only slip up really was Oahe. It was like 66th, everything else he made the cut. And uh, we saw that he needed to do a little better on day three at Lacrosse, Wisconsin for the final event. And he went from 40, he went from 35th to like 42nd, barely made the cut, and then moved up to, to I think, 25th in the event and gained 15 points or something or on that final day. And, uh, and that's the reason he's the angler of the year winner by 16 points. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's a point system and you're, you're so right, Ronnie. It's, it's really uh, as much about avoiding a disaster as it is winning, winning tournaments, you know, whether it's making it to the classic, making it to the elites, uh, you just got to avoid that disaster. Well, Schmidt said, I don't know if I want to avoid because I said, man, if you could just tighten up a couple of four finishes that he finished, you know, 75th to 90th. I said, Schmidt, if you did that, you're going to be an angler of the year contender. And he's like, dude, I've never been an angler of the year contender because I guess I just fish to win too much. And I don't want to change that and become a consistent guy that angler of the year, maybe that would be great. But I don't want to lose that ability to win. And so some of these yeah, guys are okay right. with that volatility because they have the ability to win doing the mindset deal. And so sometimes it causes you to finish bottom 20 because you're looking for that win and you never find it. But sometimes when you do get close and you get a little, you know, there's guys who can take a crumb and make a sandwich out of it. And there's guys who make it take a sandwich and turn it into a crumb. And, <laughs> and, and some of these guys who take a make a sandwich are the winners. Those guys, yeah. uh, you know, that's the, the pattern that they do. And so Schmidt's even like, I don't want to change it because I don't want to end up, uh, you know, losing that spark that gets me wins just for consistency. Yeah. Oh, well, I, that's that I'm going to use the Brian Schmidt, uh, you know, example every single time I finish in the bottom 20 in a tournament, <laughs> I was going for the win. <laughs> yeah, everybody, everybody was so close to winning the event. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, what what a great season, man! I I can't wait to uh, watch this season. Um, it's going to be amazing. Hopefully, uh, you know I can't wait to hear about the opens and the coverage. Of course, for sure. Um, I'll be out in the in my division three. I'll be uh I'll be fish. Can't wait to fish Kerr Reservoir. Historic. Yes. Uh, never forget. I remember uh, Randy Blauk had sinking his boat to get under a bridge a hundred years ago <laughs> in that tournament. I know uh, that bridge. Yeah, but do not. Talk about forward-facing sonar because that's just that's just that's, that's something we just can't do. But sink your boat to go find an area, you know, that's whatever. It's all uh, good. That's, <laughs> it's all good. Uh, I, I will say, can I, I if you. I can if I can pub one thing, Pete and Riz and the, and and everybody today, uh, November 9th, we are opening up partial registration. So you guys Ooh. provide an awesome platform to learn from these anglers as mm -hmm. in seminar form. Um, and sometimes if you don't learn in the studio and you learn by being in on a video, you know, out on the water, watching or on the water seminars, maybe you want to be on the water. 
We are doing Marshall signups starting today to be able to be a part of the elites and just ride along with a pro for two or three days. And you don't know who you'll get paired with. It might not be a guy that you were looking forward to getting paired with, but you'll learn a lot from them in those days. And that's what it's all about, especially with you guys. Like just if you could pick up one thing every day on the water with someone, that's why Kimmel probably is. He could speak to this being a co-angler fishing with a lot of different people. You learn a lot of different things and it might not be the best day in the world, but it's going to help you in a couple of days in another tournament next year, next month, whatever. And it's the same thing you guys do. But I love worked working with the marshals when I was uh, at the tournaments handing out the bass track phones. And I know that a lot of them are 16 years old. A lot of them are 65 years old and they all just come off the water smiling from from what they've learned that day. I got to, you know, say about the Marshall program is I really like it for, from that perspective. Being a co-angler is great. Uh, you, you get, you know, a similar experience, you're, but you're, you're almost distracted by your own tournament and, and your fishing to learn as much as you could. As a Marshall, it takes that rod out of your hand and you're, you're really watching everything and you're experiencing every. You know, especially like, you know, when you get a really good angler that gets lost during a tournament and has to rectify the situation, find the path. I mean, that is priceless to be able to see that live, look at the decisions they're making, the the adjustments, uh, just being focused on on that as a learning experience. I think I think a Marshall is at the pinnacle of of that for learning so i uh, highly recommend and they it. help yeah and they help live show we, we have a live leaderboard with bash track we have skype and we zoom in with these guys and we we get a little bit of a taste of what people are doing and i have some marshals i mean who have been they ride in the boat every single event or they ride seven of the nine events and they do they also travel with the pga tour or something and they go and observe golfers it's it's very cool to be like I said, there's no other sport in the world that we have our athletes mic'd up other than fishing. If you think about all – we have like one football player mic'd up for the game, and we always get cool sound bites. We have every one of our athletes mic'd up when they're on camera to learn from them there, but also being in the boat with a professional or being on a, on a course with a pro golfer, that's just that's invaluable, um, especially for the price that it is. It's very affordable. So yeah, appreciate so, you. So me that, Bash, yeah. how did, what is Bassmaster.com? How do they find it? Yeah, it should be uh, Bassmaster.com, and then there should be – let me see. You should be able to hover over uh, – there should be like a, a deal that says Marshall or just search Marshall in the in the deal, and you should be able to – it'll pop up. But, yeah, or click the elites, and it'll have it on there. So. Well, I, I need you to find something else for me. I, uh, I the uh, Chesapeake was not the first time I fell in the water on camera. <laughs> Uh, I did it on the Red River in uh, for the one that Davy Height won, and uh, on when ESPN had it. So somewhere in the field footage is a young Pete uh, jumping into the Red River. Uh, so you got to go find that footage. I it didn't make the Bassmaster show. I finished fourth or fifth in that tournament, but they somehow I don't know why, but they scrubbed me me going in the water. Uh, it didn't make the final cut of the show, but uh, I, I wanted to I, keep I it classy. I'm like that. now, you know. I we know wanted, we wanted to probably do it. nearly as good as I handled it on the chest. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you pick you need to pick some clear water places to fall in? Not all these dirty water places. I need you to fall in at Hartwell where it's clean and you can see yourself in the water, not not where you dip beer and chocolate milk an inch under. Well, um, I'll see if I can work that out for you at Thousand Islands this year. Ron. No, don't do that. <laughs> hey, make sure it's 
make sure it's uh, smooth sailing and no bad weather if you do it so you can hop back in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, man. Hey, I appreciate you hanging out with us, man. It's always great to have you. Love the work you do at Bassmasters, and thanks so much appreciate for hanging it. out with us, buddy. Thank you, guys. Love the Bass U crew. Appreciate the the outreach, Briz, and, and the whole crew to get me on here and appreciate you making it work time-wise. And I probably, every time I get on a podcast and a show, I make it go longer than they wanted it to. So hey, I probably did that. Y'all probably y'all probably got to go for get some lunch now. But I appreciate y'all as it. always. We love Bass U. Hey, man, we love you guys, and I appreciate you very much. Hope you have a great holiday if I don't talk to you. And, uh, man, we'll catch up with you real soon. The great Ronnie Moore, everybody. Thanks, Ronnie. Uh, man he's dialed in with all the details on all the shows it's uh it's it's very really knowledgeable cool. really, really reminds cool. me of ken duke <laughs> yes yes he's a young ken duke ken duke has uh has that with the history you cannot stump the man but uh shout out to ken duke hope you're doing well hope you had a great thanksgiving we're gonna we're gonna give away a battery we're gonna yeah. give away an epoch battery this is a very very technical uh product it's high end if you're gonna you have the iOS or Android app where you can you're going to be able to see exactly what's happening with the state of your battery um, the entire time while it's operating, while it's charging. Uh, it's got an internal uh, system that you can operate it in the extremely cold weather. Uh, I'm talking about sub-zero temperatures. And, of course, it's got the industry-leading 11-year warranty. We're giving away a light, too. A light, super light, yeah, super light. That's lithium battery, 12 volt system with a charger. It's a thousand dollar value. We're giving away to one of our subscribers. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right after this and give away some stuff. What's going on? It's Riz here from the Bash University, and I am excited to welcome in Waterwood Custom Baits to the Bashu family. These are custom handmade baits in the south rainforest of Brazil. They're made of Marupa Pedra wood. It's extremely dense, it's resistant, but it's also really buoyant. They're made of quality components with a 100% guarantee. They're made for tournament anglers to get it done when the money is on the line. Guys, that was like my second cast with this bait. That's a Waterwood custom bait. These things are handmade in the rainforest south of Brazil. And I mean, as you can see right here, it's a fish catching bait. It's got the front hook. That means they wanted it. This bait's, uh, it, it's running really true. It throws really well. Guys, check them out at waterwoodcustombaits.com. BassBoatForSale.com is the world's premier bass boat listings business. We focus on driving premium web traffic to our main website, business Facebook page, business Instagram, and our business YouTube channel, providing your bass boat listings the best buying traffic and top-notch exposure. 
Whether you need to sell your bass boat or are looking to buy a bass boat, it's simple. We give boats exposure, so buyer shop and sellers list. One-time listing fee, no commission, and boats list until they sell. BassBoatForSale.com. Check it out. AquaView, the leader in underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fishing rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That's are made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out doing a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I've found that can withstand my hook set. Boom, goes the dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Welcome back, guys. I'm uh, just reading through some of my notes. Uh, what, a, what a great guest. Thank you, Ronnie Moore. Uh, it's always so much fun to go back through the, the season, look at the winners, and uh, look at the baits. Uh, such an amazing deal. And, guys, we have a like and share contest going on. Last chance, we're going to be giving away that prize here in just a minute. And we've got our really big prize from Epoch Batteries. Uh, lithium batteries, they're uh, the wave of the future. They're lighter. They deliver 100% power, incredibly effective at operating your trolling motor and your sonar units, uh, delivering 100% power right out of the gate. 11-year um, warranty. It's as, This is industry-leading, and it's a $1,000 uh, prize that we're giving away here, guys. That's right. Um, it's a big deal. So we're giving it away is. to one of our subscribers. Guys? Here is the question. I uh, and uh, I'm gonna I'm, I want to get this right because this is an important prize. Twice uh, this type of bait were mentioned. I want to know the once a brand was mentioned and once wasn't. We I want to know the the brand. I want to know the exact name that I said because I said it twice. A hair jig was used to win tournaments this year. What was the brand? What was the model of of hair jig that I mentioned exactly as I mentioned it? And you will win the grand prize. 
So um, I'm sure some guys are firing away. Jocelyn has it as because we I read it off of my notes. Um, if you guys were watching, you saw that. So she has the exact verbiage. So um, good luck. I, good luck. I can, uh, can't wait to see who wins. Who wins uh, the prize. Come on. It cannot be that one. quick. What? St. Plus Prez. It's the Hog Farmer Tremoring Hog Tie Jig. How did you get that that <laughs> quick, is. that fast? I can't even say the name that fast. <laughs> hog That's Farmer correct. Tremoring Hog Tie Jig. That is exactly jig. it. Who won, Josh? St. Plus Chris. St. Chris. St. Chris. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. I can't wait. You're going to have to send us pictures. Uh, of your when you get your battery and and tell us about how you're liking it and using it congratulations what a great win what a, what a great get man because i thought man i i had to look at my paper to read it but it's the hog farmer tremoring hog tie jig that is it the other time i mentioned uh was um jay shakura shakura i'm going to keep working until i get it talked about him using a, a hair jig that black uh marabou style hair jig that is a great great weapon uh especially for isolated smallmouth it's such a great tool um awesome let's give away some more stuff we got a like and share winner joss yes we do we have this person liked and shared remember to win you have to like and share but the winner is dave haas dave dave haas, dave haas liking and share thanks for hanging out dave taking a little time off from work i hope very <laughs> awesome uh, Awesome. Congrats. We're going to send you out a cool Waterwood crankbait and a Bash University hat. Awesome. And uh, it was awesome to fish with you not too too long ago. You keep winning. I feel you won You won a, a fishing trip with me through the Ike Foundation. He did, through yeah. the Ike Foundation. I forgot about that. Yeah. that was We had a, we had one of the greatest days. Uh, we smashed big ones up out on the Chesapeake. Anyway, guys, uh, if you... If you haven't done it yet, take advantage of our Tackle Direct. It's a $100 gift card uh, along with your annual subscription. We're continuing our Cyber Week at Bash University. Get yourself subscribed. It's going to – you heard about all the instructors we have and the instruction that's coming. I'm really excited about the instruction that 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 we've done in the fall. We're going to be uh, – we're delivering right now and, and through the spring our classes. You're going to love it. It's going to help you. Uh, really, really excited about it. So look for that to come. Go to thebashuniversity.com. Get yourself signed up. Come to South Carolina. Come to Alabama. Come to Texas. Uh, we got people traveling from as far away as Japan to come to the on-site classes. So no distance is too far. Get yourself there. It's a great weekend full of fun, uh, knowledge, and just hanging out with a bunch of like-minded people, love fishing, and some of the best instructors of the world. That's what happens in our classes. You're going to love it. Thanks for hanging out. Riz, thank you. Josh, thank you. Uh, thank you, JK Professional Fishhead. Thank you, Ronnie Moore from Bassmasters. Appreciate all you guys. And we will see you next week. Another episode of Bass University Live. Have a great week, everybody.